In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Trigger warning for discussions of childhood sexual abuse and for, how do I say, traumatic sexual experiences. Yeah. Someplace underneath. Amber, mm. I'm a liar and I've sinned. You're a liar. Well, we all sin, baby cakes. We all sin. I tell you what, I drank last night. I sinned. But this sin hurts all of us that I've done. Uh-oh, what'd you do? I told you all that I would be able to fit Josh Duggar into one episode, and yet I've lied to you all, <gasps> and I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Well, he's a big old nasty man. So it probably takes more than one episode for the big nasty man. You know, I got through 17 pages of this script this week and had not reached his adulthood yet. And uh, the people want to know the people want to know all the boogers he's picked, all the children he's diddled, all the sins he's done. I mean, I barely even scratched the surface on what has happened. And I I know it sucks we're talking about this ass wipe for two weeks now, but I feel like I feel like it's important. I think it's interesting. And I, I can't figure out which things I would want to remove from this. So yeah. we're going to do two episodes of Josh, and I'm going to quit saying publicly how many episodes a thing will be. Oh, yeah. This is only going to be one episode. Well, we've done a bunch of episodes leading up to him, so it's only fitting that he requires more spotlight. Oh, he's the grand finale. Oh, God. He is. He's a little loser. Yeah. He's a little piece of shit. I just want to flick him. He's a little boy king. Um, Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And we are going to be talking about a very grimy human being. I hate talking about the villains of these stories, but as we will find with many missing women's stories, we do not know much about them, which is how they escape. Uh, that's how they get taken from us uh, because the people around them are the ones who are allowed to have a voice. So 
we're learning about this community based on this is basically like a worst case scenario of what this upbringing can turn into. Yeah, worst case scenario doesn't happen all the time. No. But it's it sure happening here and we're talking about it. Yeah. So this is the ballad of Josh Duggar, uh, which he would not be able to listen to because he's not allowed to listen to music. Yeah, total loser. So I've been trying to I've been watching dog videos to try to cleanse myself in between doing this research. I think we actually need drinks. Um, Amber, I think we need to have maybe some bourbon after this or something. Yes, I'm down. I mean, like I told you, I think I might be allergic to alcohol because my lips are swollen. But this isn't that the dream? That is the dream, but they Bee stung lips. Yeah, yeah, the bee stung lips. Beauty is hard. It is hard and it sucks being so beautiful all the time. I know. It's so hard being this beautiful. I know, and... I'm glad that I gave you a platform to talk about Thank it. Thank you. Um, but Josh Jagger's not beautiful. He's got them thin little lips. Little f- stupid fucking smirk his on his face belt. all the time. Yeah. Oh, I hate his little fucking smile. Yeah, I just want to slap him and his stupid little beard. He can't even grow a proper beard. No way. I don't I don't even think he can dr- grow a beard at all, can he? No. Just a few little wispies come out. I grow more of a beard than him. <laughs> I shave my mustache once a week. And yes, I do put it in my planner. Because I'll forget. Oh, I had no idea. I've never I've never seen you with a mustache. Thank you. It grows in thick and dark, baby. That's why you got lush hair, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, who doesn't have lush hair? It's Josh Jugger. Nope. So, by the way, this case is morphing daily. I keep thinking I've reach the conclusion of his storyline, but it keeps changing. All these new things keep breaking into his case because it's it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It is ludicrous what's happening. Yeah. So by the time these two ones come out, these next two episodes come out, might be some more updates. He's been covered up his whole life. His whole like, his, Of course, we're like now finding out all this stuff because his family for his 33 years on this earth has been like, no, we're not going to talk about that. Let's push that under the rug. It's OK. I don't know. Yep. And like now the police are just like, wait, what did he do when he was 10? Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So that's how we can basically describe Josh Duggar. That's the 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 gist of him. I said before that I personally think there's a direct link between his actions and his upbringing. And I can't know this, of course. And I'm sure it was a myriad of things, just like anybody's personality is created through a myriad of things. Certainly, this kind of thing can happen in the secular world and does all the time. I can't help wonder if things had been handled differently when he was a kid, if there would have been a better outcome for Josh and thus a better outcome for all the people he's hurt. Yeah, it's not even, it's almost not fair for him because he thinks, oh, I can just do this, I get away with it. Yeah. He doesn't know what consequences are. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, there's no, I feel no pity for him at this point. But as we talk about in childhood, I do feel sadness for some people who went on to do bad things. So- Where to begin? As we've mentioned, Josh was born March 3rd, 1988, making him 33 currently, though he does not look it. Simply being born as the first and a son, this immediately made him the golden child in Jim Bob's eyes, it seems. I think previously I had said that Jim Bob and Michelle had had a miscarriage first and then Josh, but I was incorrect on that. Josh was born, Michelle was still on birth control, so she had the miscarriage. It was going to be the second baby who they decided they were naming Caleb, though they didn't. The fetus wasn't far enough along to, for them to know the sex. They do name. They've had multiple miscarriages, and they always do name them. That's really sad. Yeah, I know. He. I don't. 
you know, that's a, t- a tragic thing. People handle it differently. It's just a note. And that's when they had their epiphany that birth control was the devil's weapon. Oh, because they had the miscarriage after with the birth control and the thing. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was on birth control. I went to a free clinic, which is just the government using poor people as lab rats. Sure. And um, they put me on Yaz and I was passing out in the middle of the street. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of issues with birth control. Uh, I stopped taking it many years ago. But some people need it for hormones. Absolutely. You know, whatever you need. And also the information that they got about it was pretty misleading. uh, And it was sort of uh, propaganda-ish stuff. So what they were saying was the case wasn't really the case. But anyway, this is how they started on their journey. Sometime around when Josh was a toddler, they ended up at an event with people from the IBLP. This isn't wildly surprising. Jim had already been converted to deeply Baptist. I mean, he grew up Baptist, but then he took it. He went to another level beyond his family. Damn. Even his Baptist family was like, you're going too far. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Even on the original show documentaries, his, his dad was like, I didn't like it. When they were talking about having all the oh kids. God. How far does it go? Like, do you just lot like wall yourself in a monastery and beat yourself every day? Is that the farthest it goes? I don't, I don't know. But see, to me, within this community specifically, it doesn't. It it feels like it feels like male domination, and it feels all of it feels perverse to me. It doesn't feel holy because we'll no. talk about what happened here but it's just controlling well when you control the women you control the community because women generally raise the children is that the sound of the mother's voice is the first thing a baby hears and like say you got like some radical feminist and like she's raising this kids so she's gonna be like you can grow up and be whatever you want to be right as long as you work hard at it yeah and now you're like making this whole generation you're shaping them right but the men in this community they don't like that no they don't like that that's for sure they don't they don't really like relinquishing control of the their offspring. It, that's the thing. It's such a bizarre, like narcissistic viewpoint of what families are and yeah. what women are for and what kids are for. It's almost like, how dare you say that you're closest to God? What do you mean right. you're close? I'm under you and you're closer to God. They're like, yeah, you're a narcissist. Right. And that's the thing that I always was perplexed by as an outsider, somebody who didn't grow up in this kind of religion it, it seems crazy to me that people just accepted that some people said, I'm the one in charge because God said. I'm not mocking those people, but it's just, it's so foreign to me um, from the outside. So yeah, Jim Bob really kind of ran with this idea in part thanks to Bill Gothard when they discovered the IBLP. There's just also this, there's this really cringy video of Jim Bob and Michelle giving a sermon somewhere where Jim Bob describes seeing Michelle at seven or at 15, I'm sorry, as basically this lump of clay that he could mold into mm. a perfect wife, but said it in like a positive way. That's weird. And uh, yeah, because they started dating when she was 15, he was 17. They got married when she was 17 and he was 19. I want to ask him, what's her favorite color? What's your wife's favorite color? Whatever his favorite color is. It's like the <laughs> coming to America scene. yeah. Barked like a dog. Um, so he uh, he openly says, I fell in love with Michelle because she was so such a blank slate. Wow. Uh, so 
whatever. They had a somewhat normal marriage for the first few years, even waiting to have Josh until like four years into their marriage. So they were like just living, a, I mean, not not a modern life, but it was, they had a TV. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, four years without kids in this church, that's a long time. Right. And I think that's because they hadn't gotten into the IBLP yet. Oh, they were just being newlyweds, just hanging out. Yeah. Sex. So they were really conservative, but they weren't part of the Gothard um, crew yet. So do you think the mother had an orgasm? Do you mm. think Josh was born from an orgasm? From hers? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell when the child is born from a no oh. orgasm. You know, they, when they, they're just like all driveled and wet, you know, like sad. If men. I had to guess, I would say Josh was born out of a fart, personally. <laughs> but whether it was the miscarriage that sent them or some other event we may never know something about the IBLP and its message I think it's the high control that men get mm-hmm. resonated with them and by them I mean Jim Bob mm-hmm. they claim that they met another family whose Josh aged son was so well behaved that they had to know what the secret was just beat them yeah so at some point around when Josh was a toddler this was happening I wish that I could be a fly on the wall at this time I'm so curious why this was what was happening. Was Josh outrageously misbehaved as a toddler? Were they just having a hard time being parents and realized they didn't like it? Mm. Were they not having, like, was it an excuse just to have a reason to go into this male-dominated community? We'll probably never know. I mean, I guess as the wife, you can be like, hey, fuck it. I'm tired of making decisions. You do it. Well, sure. And also, I mean, she got married at 17. So young. you're just sort of told, this is what ladies do. And you go, okay. You're like, all right, I'll take care of them kids. You go out and make the money. Yeah. And Michelle had a little bit more of a troubled home. Her mom had several husbands and she has like half sisters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of that too, where he kind of came out and rescued her from this kind of dire situation, which we'll see again with Anna Duggar. Interesting. Uh, As we've come to know, as they say repeatedly on their show, they don't allow most content into their home, including television, movies, internet. I mean, sometimes TV sucks, but, you know, my roommates have it on and it's like, up next, we got fart wars. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to get out of (laughs) here. I'd watch that. (laughs) At least at once out of curiosity. So they really adhere to the shelter them away kind of method of parenting. You got to hide them, hide them, hide them from everything, which I guess can work if you have particularly incurious children and they never go anywhere after they're adults. But when they're an adult, how? Just, no one wants to hang out with them. Yeah. I mean, and also it's just going to really, it's going to be a mind fuck when they go anywhere. It seems to me there are a few fatal flaws in that style of parenting. Uh, one being most kids are curious, which is a good thing. Like we've said, curiosity and learning is how we gain personal boundaries, figure out danger. Yeah, we learn mathematics, science. The, yeah. You know, the the whole science thing where you like question it. Right. Whatever that's called. Science queries. I'm not smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it helps us process the endless barrage of stimulation that a human being has to experience in the day. So it's difficult if it's not impossible to really gauge when Josh started becoming curious. But we do know that Josh had a sexual curiosity early on in his life. Okay, so 
From 1999 to 2002, Jim Bob, his dad, was an Arkansas state representative. He was and is a part of that circle of ultra-conservative, no separation of church and state guys. You know, the Mike Huckabees, Ted Cruz's, the Rick Santorum's, those people. That's so many rules. I can't. Yeah, that, that, I, I felt like when you said those names, my I shuddered. Yeah, they're not. It's not great. They're not. You don't like see their pictures and, and feel good about no, humanity. No one's ever masturbated to Ted Cruz. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I did not get wet thinking about him. Man, I would love to meet the person who did, though. Yeah, Just yeah, like yeah. to know who I was. I flicked the bean to Huckabee. Oh. Put that in a t-shirt. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, please. <laughs> That's going to be our merch. <laughs> I flicked the bean to Huckabee. By the way, <laughs> when Jim Bob was asked about whether or not he supported abortion, if it was a case of rape or incest at this time, he said, of course the woman should be forced to have the baby because if that baby later goes on to be raped, she can also be forced to give birth. It's God's plan. He didn't really say that, but he implied it. He implied that scenario in his response. But okay. what he did say <laughs> in the same uh, questioning, he said, he, you know, he didn't want the uh, woman to be able to abort the baby or the fetus if she wanted to. But he said, rape and incest represents heinous crimes and as such should be treated as capital crimes. He goes on to say rapists should be put to death. Ah, oh, awkward. Interesting. Yeah, rapists should be put to death. I agree with him there. And but I'd- then it's coming from inside the house. Oh, God. Yeah, they're always the people making the rules. The first one to break them. Yeah. There is there's complete and utter speculation about Jim Bob, but we don't have any we don't have any information, any evidence to say that he is anything like that. But there's a lot of rumors flying around. But so because Josh was homeschooled as a kid, he would go to work with his dad a lot. He was there so much and loved the attention so much. People started calling him the governor as a nickname, which I'm not sure if that was an affectionate name or it was sort of derogatory uh, because they hated him. He is such an unbearable, ignorant, oblivious to his own ignorance prick of an adult. I can't imagine he was very likable as a kid either. But oh, man. An unlikable child. I like children. I like hanging out with them. But sometimes kids, some of their personalities they're born with is just like, whoa. Yeah, you're just you just like, I'm sorry about your, uh, your brain that you got, kid. Yeah, I'm sorry about that whole personality you got. It's real ugly. But... You know, I think partly this is already Jim Bob's doing. Uh, So this period, he would have been like 11 through 13 in age. And when they were calling him the governor, I just can't tell if it's because he would never shut up or if he was trying to boss people around. It seems like a little bit sarcastic to me, but who knows? It was abundantly clear that Jim Bob and Michelle were already convinced that Josh was one of God's anointed and that he was going to save the world from liberalism with his prolific political career. They were absolutely preparing him for this time. And Josh loved it. He loved it so much, in fact, that when Jim Bob ran for Senate and failed to get the nomination in 2002, Jim Bob and politician Jim Holt hashed up a scheme and betrothed his eldest daughter, Holtz's eldest daughter, to Josh. I connect this to Jim Bob's plan to get a dugger into politics, but maybe the the betrothal could have been for other reasons too. Was he already being caught looking at porn at this point? Maybe, I don't know, it's not clear, 
But at this time, both Josh and this daughter of Holtz were 14 years old when they were betrothed to each other. This is like 19th century Scotland or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we don't know when Josh figured out how to look at porn, but we do know that he was looking at it. How and when Josh started getting past these basic filters on his parents' equipment is also unclear. I mean, you just do one little search, you know? You just type in P, because I'm sure his mom was looking up how to make, um, p- p- well, p- I'm trying to think of something that's not porn. And paella? It's so more paella. No, they, they don't have any sort of ethnic food. I'm sorry. I just know said that. Um, <laughs> Potatoes. Potatoes, that's it. God, you know, when you're just like, don't think about porn. Don't think about it. <laughs> that's all you can, that's all you like can p- think. Pussy. Pussy. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, panic attacks. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you would think that, you know, in a normal household, that, that hold, that would be true. But in these communities, they have all of these filter systems that you can put onto computers. Um, I'm going to play some clips from Justin again from my pray put this journal away he has such important insight from these time periods because he was there and he and his wife made these so people would hear it not because they're trying to um like start a show so I think it's okay to get their words out so this is Justin they had one room that was like the school room I think and it was like a lab mm-hmm. it was just it was a really kind of crappy little tiny room but they had just rows of like computers with computer parts just like strewn about. And like, you know, the boys were like building their own little computers from stuff that Jim Bob got in an auction. Like you go over here and it's like, yeah, a, uh, a university was getting ready to throw these out. And we just grabbed them, grabbed 50 computer shells. And the boys figured out how to make 10 working computers out of all of it. And then Josh over at his workstation, he had the like the creme de la creme super nice Mac that was like mm. nice. It was new and it was super nice, slick. Like this was this was like probably brand new. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the story on it, where it came from or whatever, but they were clearly investing in Josh's video interest. Like, I don't know if it was my dad or somebody like that, but we were looking at the computers, us boys. And dad did kind of that classic patriarchal thing of like kind of saying a bold statement that might, like I couldn't imagine doing. And just being like, Bleh, making everybody uncomfortable. And his thing was standing behind us at church when Josh is giving me the tour of the computer and saying, what kind of filter you got on that thing? And I'm not joking. Josh's face, like, I, he gulped. He did a visible gulp. Because my dad and I talked about it later. And Josh is over there like, oh, well, we got this, you know, like we've got this like this whole system. It's impenetrable. You know, it's like it's oh, it's real hard to work around some quality product we've got installed on this machine. And it was yeah, good. And maybe maybe just clarify what you mean by filter for anyone. Filter that meaning like at the time it was really and I think still is really common to install, you know, this admin level software or sometimes hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Pure Eyes or I think, Amer- which is like a total hate group, but like the American Family Association mm-hmm. had one that was pretty popular at the time. I'm sure Focus on the Family did. Like it was a real common product mm-hmm. to, to give to Christian households was was internet filters. And you could set up the thing where it would email some family friend or another person yeah. if you looked at anything in a, that was know, kind of like, inappropriate. That was a whole nother subset of that, which was yeah. accountability software, which, yes. which is a whole nother thing for mobile phones and everything else. 
these filters, they they have basically you it's software you put on computers that blocks any access to anything with anything bad on it. Um, I don't know like exactly how they work, but they're really common in these families uh, because, you know, they'll use the Internet for homeschool and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got to learn calculus. You can't be looking at titties. <laughs> what if you use titties as a tool to teach calculus? Right. So two nippies. Yeah, I don't know any calculus, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Michelle herself, the mother, has publicly said she has a tracker app thing on her adult children Gross. who still live in the house to keep them, quote unquote, accountable. No way, man. They're going to look at porn and they're going to flip out. Well, they do anyway. I mean, okay, so Anna has one as well that alerts her if Josh is looking at porn. But... Of course, these things are easy to overcome, and especially for adults. And we'll get to that dumb part of the story later. So in 2004, Jim Holt, who was to be Josh's father-in-law, future father-in-law, was the Arkansas Republican nominee for Senate. And Josh was invited to join the campaign trail. Holt lost very badly. Unable to accept that he was defeated because people liked the other person better and we didn't have the wonderful term fake news yet, he blamed it on sins amongst his camp. So he is upset he lost. He feels that there's no way that this godly, this anointed man that he was could have ever actually lost. And so what was it? How did how did this happen? I had just found out, I think, at this time that Josh had been looking at porn uh, some, somehow involved in the, the Jim Holt campaign. Mm. People talk about it online as the sin in the camp thing. And, you know, Josh was basically brought in front of the church. And it was a huge deal. It was, they were just getting ready to move. They were literally like packing boxes and stuff like that. And the Jim had lost his race that he was doing. I think it was for US Senate against Blanche Lincoln, I believe was the Democrat running. And he was the Republican nominee. I think he'd made it all the way to the general and he lost. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was soul searching and trying to figure out why he had lost this campaign. And I don't know how Josh was found out. I think, I think it was one of the kids that was around Josh when he was on the road with the campaign. One of the family children maybe came across him and like said something very innocent sounding to their mom, like, you know, Joshy, which is what they called him, which I hated. Uh, Joshy was looking at, you know, like, naked pictures or people's nakedness or things like that is kind of what I heard. Mm -hmm. And that became huge. And I think Jim, probably this is an ego thing, if I had to guess, probably was grappling with why he lost mm -hmm. and couldn't accept the fact that it was him mm -hmm. and his message, which was extreme. Like he was, he, he makes like the craziest of the crazy right wing politicians today look kind of nuts just it was bad mm -hmm. and he clearly lost the race because he was just not you know a good candidate but they i think he found out about this and kind of did some two two and two together kind of stuff in his head and you know there was some 
some Old Testament stories about the Israelites, I believe, yeah. failing in some mm-hmm. of their battles because there was sin in the camp. There was stuff going on in their literal war camp that they attributed this to. And then once they rooted it out and took care of it, they could be blessed mm-hmm. and they could, they could, God was going to give them the good stuff. And so uh, Jim holds like rack in his head. He finds out that Josh is looking at porn and puts two and two together. And it's like, well, look at this. Josh looking at porn. So if you're following this timeline, this would have been right around the same time period that he was touching his sisters as they were both awake and asleep as well as a babysitter. The reason I'm so interested in when he was first caught with porn and why I personally connect his upbringing to what he would become is because of the way the adults around him handled Josh being discovered watching porn on that campaign trail bus. At this time, it was alleged that his parents didn't yet know about what he had done to his sisters. Listen to what comes next. And it's like, well, look at this. Josh looking at porn. This was told to the church body that I was sitting in. I'd never seen anything like this before because I went to normal churches previously. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen somebody stand up and be like, Josh is being punished for the sin of this and he shall now confess to the people in front of you and like all this stuff. It was like crazy to me. Never seen anything like it. Um, But Josh was basically, there was a a man who was in the church who I guess had also done some quote unquote stuff, maybe porn related. Maybe he was a self-identified porn addict. And they arranged for Josh to basically go to his property, which was out in the sticks and have him dig out a pond. So Josh went to this guy's property and they had the idea that he was going to excavate by hand all that sludge in this basically failed, couldn't hold water pond. Mm -hmm. And they came up with this allegory in their head that the sludge was the sin and that Josh would kind of go in and start cleaning that stuff out. And the whole time he's going to be thinking about the Lord and he's going to walk out of this, not wanting to look at naughty, bad stuff on the internet again. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what they did. They sent him there, and there was a real humiliation that happened because this is language that they use is brokenness, the language Mm -hmm. of brokenness. You'll see in the Bible things like humble yourself before God or, you know, we desire to be broken before you, Lord, Mm -hmm. like things like that. And so they were like, well, we need to like cut this guy down to size and and make sure that he's like on his bottom rung as a person, self-esteem wise and everything else. So... We're going to send him out to this pond. He's not going to contact any of the family. It's going to be strict cutoff. Nobody talks to him. We talk about him in church, like the Josh update, every week while he's out there. And how long? How long about? Weeks. Weeks? Weeks. This story goes on and on. But yeah, so essentially they caught him with porn. So he has to go dig out a, a pond. So yes. they they stand this bo- this teenage boy, this underage teenage boy, in front of the church and tell the entire church that he was caught looking at porn. That's bad. Don't do that. And then they sent him off to this guy's house, who again did God knows what, and then had him isolated, digging a pond by himself. They shaved his head. And no one was allowed to speak to him. This is what I was talking about when you watch the first 
special, you'll catch him with a shaved head in the middle of it. Because he was just digging a pond. Because he was somewhere else, only was allowed to come home to film. And that was the only time he was also allowed to talk. That's embarrassing and humiliating and like not, I mean, I'm like feeling sympathy for this horrible man, but you shouldn't be doing that to people. Yeah. I mean, especially this time he's still a kid. He's still a kid. And of Um, course he's going to be like, the naughty time makes my penis hard. I, I must do the naughty time again. Well- so this super okay. So this super this timeline is really jumbled. It's kind of looped around each other. So bear with me. But this stuff is all happening between 2003 and 2005. A few different sources have conflicting dates, but it's all between this time period. I think it's just a case of it being a long time ago. So it's like a non intentionally misleading thing. Just know that all all around this time period, Josh is between the ages of 14 and 17, according to this account. This is what they've done to Josh for allegedly looking at naked pictures on the internet. Because even though he had molested his sisters at this point, his parents and the elders act like they don't know that. God, yeah, molesting a human being. that We'll just put that under the, under the rug. But porn? Go dig a field. Go dig a pond. Yeah. And what I didn't know at the time was that Josh had this background of having molested his sisters. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But apparently... A lot of the men in the church knew this. And so the rehab, like the intensity of this, was clearly because they were worried about the 360 view of all of Josh's stuff. It wasn't just molestation. It was all of it. that He just keeps going back to the sex stuff. Mm-hmm. And they never mentioned molestation to the body. There's too much risk of a kid saying something or somebody visiting church who doesn't know anything, like they stuck with porn. So my point in saying all of this is not to defend Josh and what he did to his sisters, but to acknowledge that this group looks at all sexual sins, quote unquote, as the same, looking at porn, sex out of wedlock, molesting your sisters, full on assault. This in itself is going to cause chaos and confusion inside of people. Instead of recognizing these things are extremely different from one another and cause varying levels of harm to others, it's simply one of those sins that requires penance. I never got behind that. A sin is a sin. Doesn't matter if I told a lie or if I ran over somebody with my car. No, that's insane. (laughs) No, it's insane. Yeah, you ran somebody with your car. Go to the police. What are you doing? So this is that, but that's the mentality they hold here. And the other side of that that this that makes me wonder if this created the monster that Josh is, is this level of humiliation and punishment would seem to me to create a seething level of rage, resentment, hatred that maybe a young kid like that wouldn't even fully understand they were going through. Yeah, there's no Limp biscuit getting out of this. I know, right? Like, at least he could have had new metal to get through this time period. <laughs> What an insane and destructive way for a parent to handle something as delicate and confusing as an issue, an issue as such as adolescent sexuality. And even if they didn't directly talk about the molestation in these church meetings, the deep wounds this would cause the girls as they experience this trauma over and over and over with these hardcore creep elders in the church knowing all about what Josh actually did. Again, I'm referring to... When I talk about, you know, his adolescent sexuality, I'm referring to the porn, not to his assaulting his sisters and the babysitter. It's all perverse. Now, I know at this point he has already crossed this boundary that far exceeds looking at porn. But my question is, had he been handled similarly 
with porn stuff before he had molested his sisters. I'm sure some people don't give a shit either way. But to me, it matters because in my opinion, it points to how much of a level of blame should really be laid at the feet of Jim Bob and Michelle. If he was already being humiliated for watching porn, we know for certain, okay, we know for certain they've already pushed the point home to their teen son that he is special and above others. And their doctrine teaches that women are inferior all sexual sin is the same, and you just must simply ask for forgiveness if you make a little oopsie mistake. So if he's looking at porn and you're getting humiliated, I, will, okay, I might as well touch my sisters. And It's the you're, same you're thing. You're telling me there's no difference. So I'll just do this sin too. And he's just, he's already being taught to dehumanize these girls. So just as a personal query, I do wish I knew what came first, the sexual shaming to Josh or the assault on his sisters. Chicken or the egg. Right. Now, regardless, I don't think that takes away his level of guilt or fault. It was his own actions, and he knew what he was doing was causing others distress. But again, in my opinion, beyond the fact they very clearly failed their daughters in this by the way they handled it, they also had, Jim Bob and Michelle also had an underage son who was obviously disturbed, dangerous to his siblings and needed help. And they failed Josh too. Josh should have never been left in that house. He should have been sent to a facility to analyze what was happening. And those girls should have received therapy and boundless support from their parents, which of course did not happen. Well, we're talking therapy and science and those are four letter words in this communities. Yeah, for real. It's the always the people that need therapy the most that hate therapy. But yeah, and I do wonder if it's one of the reasons is because if they went to like medical counsel with prof actual professionals, they would have looked taken a look at the Duggars lifestyle and been like, Oh, this is the problem. Yeah, the whole thing is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they must deep down know it, you Probably. know? That's why they don't go seek therapy. Yeah, I think so. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today um so if this isn't already enough of a disastrous handling of this complex family emergency what happens next is something we've touched on in the series but haven't fully addressed we've molested on in this series we have <laughs> <laughs> we've diddled on in this series. oh god we sure have <laughs> with this absolutely mind fuck of this community that says that the men who are the most important in god's army are going to get attacked by the devil more than anyone and even though the molestation thing was a couple of years prior, um, I think it was the context that led to the severity of and the seriousness with which he was treated for this. Because I think they saw him as like ordained almost, like he, it was like God's future for this guy 
was that he used his gifts uh, in politics and his gift of talking and all that to to win hearts and mm. that God was like Josh was failing so huge because honestly Satan didn't want him to succeed it was like this this guy's going to be a giant someday so God you know of course Satan's going to try to like knock him down so yeah, like we all threat. We all have to be there to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, you know, fuck you, Satan. We're going to make sure this guy actually makes it. Mm -hmm. Just blaming somebody else. Always blaming the devil made me do it. Oh, yeah. And not only that, this is what I've been sort of alluding to is it's almost in this community, it's almost the guys who do the worst things who are held at the highest level because they do this God's umbrella thing where the devil is attacking them because they're so strong. Yeah. So maybe they're just pieces of shit. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, yeah, they, they really. So when Josh got through with this rehab thing that he did where he dug a pond, he was treated with reverence in, in the church. The men like look to him. He's also still underage at this point. This is so dangerous. Just yeah. like holding a child up like that. No. And again, I think this experience changed him for far worse. An already disturbed kid now publicly humiliated isn't going to heal. And again, in a lot of these missing women stories, like I said, we end up having to talk about the stupid villain more. We don't have access to these girls' feelings, not necessarily because they don't want to speak out, but because they've been conditioned not to. Yeah. My hope is that Jill Duggar, who's now Jill uh, Dillard, gets out what she wants to say because her and her husband have been teasing they we're going to write a book about everything. It's a big catastrophe for the family because they're the two that have sort of rebelled the most. And so they're at some point, I think, going to write a book and there's going to probably be a lot of stuff in there. Spicy book. But I, you know, Jill has the right to tell how it was for her. Just seething rage. Her book is just like... God! Just written in crayon, it's like pressed down <laughs> <Yes>. really hard. <laughs> all these broken pencil lines. Yeah, just fucking ripped up pages. I'd read that book. I would too. That's a, it sounds pretty sweet, actually. <laughs> anyway, Justin noticed a change in Josh at this time period. Josh's demeanor always struck me as kind of weird because he was actually a pretty thoughtful, like not not too cheesy guy when like he and I would talk one on one, like behind the house or something, but. He was really weird coming back from the um, uh, the the pond. Mm -hmm. He was almost shameless, and it really struck me. And I think I spent so much time writing in my journal about what I wanted to be to my family and like reaffirming my commitments because I was seeing this guy that was really kind of freaking me out. Mm -hmm. And he like it was the kind of thing where he came back. And it was like, we I, we hadn't seen him in weeks. Mm -hmm. We've been hearing about all his shit every day. Like the Duggar girls, bless their hearts, were crying every time there was a Josh update. Just, mm -hmm. just sobbing. You know, Michelle crying, Jim Bob, Jim Bob, you know, <laughs> he's just Jim Bob. But you know, it was really emotional. And then Josh comes back for like a visit and he's like, Hey guys, what's up? Kind of like, you know, real like chill. Hmm. And it yeah, it was like, what? So he basically, it seems like he may be detached a bit at this point. 
And I think that that made him a lot worse of a person. So somewhere along this timeline in 2004-ish, Jim Holt retracts his daughter's hand from Josh's, Mm. which thank God for that poor girl, because I could see a similar ending where they just, the two dads just instead went, oh, get them married faster so she can help him quash his desires or whatever gross thing they would say. There's a lot of that. I know somebody who was... um who was a kid toucher and uh, he got married off real quick. And I was like, that's, that's not going to fix it. But no, they think it but, is. And also great for that lady. Yeah. Now her life is fucked. <sighs> Tell you what, she got in a car and left town. Oh, good. Yeah. Yay. I'm I don't so know where she that. is. Good. <laughs> yeah. I hope she's hiding and having a great life somewhere Can you else. Imagine finding out your, your husband's a pedophile. I would kill him. I hope I don't ever have to know. Yeah, Henry's that's not like. a pedophile. <laughs> oh, God, please no. Um, so no, Je- uh, Henry likes milfs. It's fine. <laughs> the um, opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the saving grace is that Jim Holtz is such a douchebag. I think he took his daughter away from Josh because he was just mad he lost the the Senate, and he blamed Josh for it, which is another thing. I mean, to be I know this Josh sucks, but to be a teenager and to have an adult running for Senate tell you it's your fault that their message from God is not going to get to the country. Just these baby men growing into shell like a human, like a full man that's just a little baby inside, taking no responsibility for their actions. The devil made me do it. This teenager made me do it. How about you fucking did it? They never, ever take accountability, ever. But then they're supposed to be the big man. I know. Then they're also the big boss, but they can't admit anything that they do is wrong. (sighs) Uh, Just flames. <laughs> flames. Uh, so you can go listen to Justin describe this in further detail. Uh, this, I'm playing the the really most important parts to this story for you, but because it's 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 a fantastic series. It's like seven hours, so you should go listen to it if you if you would like. But um, so that's why I'm pulling these things out for you. But his story goes on for a while, and you can. Just listen to the church practices. It, it's just so gross to me. There's, it involves a lot of men speaking about how the devil tempted their flesh. It's a lot of guys talking about how they're constantly being tempted by flesh, and then their wives are forced to stand next to them while they confess in front of the church, and their wives just stand there and stare up at their husbands and aren't allowed to talk. Ugh. And then there's also a lot of group discussions about which instruments are best to beat your children with. Justin goes into that detail as well. What a horrible satanic church this is. I know. They this always is just Satanism. Go, I know. They all, Satanism is way cooler than this. Yeah. And they, they do not hurt kids in Satanism. It's actually, I mean, in Levan Satanism, it's like one of the first things, do no harm to children. But anyway, as you can probably tell, this is not when the police found out about what Josh had done. When Josh finished his rehabilitation... Jim Bob and a family friend who was a state trooper, whose name is Jim Hutchins, gave Josh a stern talking to. So after he got done digging this pond out. Which sounds kind of fun, to be honest. Digging the pond? Yeah, I could dig a pond. (laughs) I mean, to get away from your family and all those kids, maybe. Yeah, and then you Um, look at it, you say, look at this pond I dug. Sure. I don't know if it's going to help with your brain. No, I don't know how that equates to like, I touched my sisters, I go dig a pond. Or just looked at porn on the computer, go dig a pond. But he got cut, so... There's that. Um, so after that, the other thing that he that Jim Bob did to fix things was he had his state trooper friend give Josh a stern talking to. Hutchins never reported the uh, actions or took any kind of, you know, he never did any sort of like a formal report. So guess where 
State Trooper Jimmy Hutchins is now. He's currently in the middle of a 56-year sentence for possessing child sex abuse materials and communicating online with minors. And I'm very mad that I looked up his charges because they are so gross. And I can't, these are these things you're just never going to unsee. But I didn't see anything, thankfully. I just had to like read about them. So a sheriff, like someone in a position of power. Yeah, it was one of the guys from this community. It was Jim Bob's friend from this community. His child sex abuse stuff that he had, I don't think is in any way directly related to anything Josh did. He just happened to be another fucking creep that was hanging around there because they're all perverts. So bad. Like, this makes me ashamed to call myself a Christian. You know, like, these guys run the thing. Yeah, I mean. This runs it? A bunch of, like, pedophiles? Yeah. I mean, yeah. (sighs) But, you know, that, again, that doesn't have to, like, people out there who still feel spiritual and feel, feel Christian, the my point is to get these people should not be able to 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 claim it because no. if this is what they consider Christianity, I think it's all that they're saying is that I'm using this as an, a guise to do whatever I want. They're turning people away. It's almost like the devil yeah. sent them here to make people hate God. I mean, it seems like if there was somebody, the de- if there was some evil force trying to get people away from the church, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Um, I know church attendance has gone down by like 25% from like, you know, the 80s or whatever. I know. And a bunch of Christians are like, why? We don't know why people, young people ain't coming in the church. Maybe because your preacher's a pedophile. Yeah. The, after the Catholic church um, scandal broke, it dropped off. The church dropped yeah. off a lot because you can't take your kids there. Yeah. Maybe like your daughters are getting molested. You know, like I said earlier in, in this series, there was a girl who was a kid who was the grandmother walked in and the preacher was having sex with her. And then she got kind of blamed for it. She right? got blamed because her like, parents were divorced. Yes. And like and then people have the gall oh, to God. sit back and be like, why is a church attendance low? That's why, you fuckers. Yeah, that's why. Open your big stupid eyes and look around. I got really mad. No, I get it because this is part of your like childhood and you you probably had some really pleasant like memories and experiences in church and yeah. with the Bible and stuff. And then all this stuff comes in and I, I I'm sorry. I'm sad for people that loved God and loved the church and then this all stuff happened to them. It's deranged. Yes. It's just people abusing power. And again, hell is these people's heaven. I know. For me. If they're like, I finally get to go to heaven and do what I want. It's like, oh my God, I hope I'm not around. <laughs> Can you imagine Josh Duggar's heaven? My well, hell. It would be my hell. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Uh so how did the police find out eventually? Well this is another little weird bump in this story. The story goes that somebody wrote a letter detailing Josh's actions, and that person stuck it, that letter, in a book on the Duggar's bookshelf. There are several variations of who wrote this letter. Uh, I personally think it was actually one of the kids in the house, Mm but um, we don't know. And there's also variations on the order of events that took place. The bigger picture is that someone wrote this letter, stuck it in a book, and that book was lent out to a friend where someone noticed the letter. The friend noticed this letter. In most instances of this story, this is the next part of the timeline. It's terrifying. In December of 2006, the Duggars were scheduled to be interviewed on the Oprah Winfrey show. On December 7th, Harpo Studios was contacted and left an anonymous tip that Josh had done you know, A, B, and C. It's believed to be the person who found this letter. 
who claimed they were a 61-year-old woman, but they remained anonymous. There are probably some truths and some assumptions and some falsities in this story. What matters is that Oprah's people canceled their appearance and contacted the Department of Human Services hotline. This report was then opened for investigation, leading to the investigation by the Springdale police. So Oprah helped fuck up the Duggars. I know. And she's always on the QAnon list of being the pedophile. I was like, nah, again, look around, you know, Uh, just like, look. uh, But in other words, they were caught. The Duggars were caught and they were forced to talk to the police. This didn't come from any sort of, you know, feeling of guilt or revelation or anything. They just... They were cornered. So on December 12th, 2006, Jim, Bob, and Michelle were interviewed by Springdale police. This report goes into detail about what he did exactly. I have no interest in repeating it. You can look online if you want to know, but in this report is where they say the offenses that happened in 2002 and 2003. It's graphic. It involves these little girls. I don't want to talk about it. Can you imagine being a little girl and being like, I, I writing a letter. I mean, we don't, again. Don't I mean, know. it's heart. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, we don't know who wrote the letter, but can you imagine just like probably saying it on a prayer? And like, it really was a blessing from God that that letter got delivered and put in these hands. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if it was one of the daughters, I on the um, Reddit threads that talk about this time. There are people who who come in and on the comments and say this is also something I did when I was being abused. It just felt like somebody would know someday or I it was like I wasn't alone with it anymore so just writing down all these things um which is just like my Ugh. heart breaks so it's it, it maybe it was them we don't know but the poor daughters of course had to be interviewed for this uh police investigation and one of the girls was quoted as saying, this is from In Touch Mag, uh, Weekly, the one who broke the story. An alleged victim told police in 2006 that Josh had told mother and dad what had happened and asked for forgiveness. The report notes the alleged victim said, Josh sought after God and has turned back to God. Hmm. Which is just, I mean, the, okay. the way that this is framed for this child. You still going to jail, babe. Sorry, you turned back to God. But <laughs> the thing that sucks is this is the little girl. She's been She's been told to say this. She's been told, well, he did these things to your body, but he's turned back to God, so it's okay. Yeah, because my body's like second. And my body doesn't matter. It makes it makes me so sad. They, of course, protected their precious Joshy from the scary policeman. This is also from In Touch. When police asked Jim Bob to bring Josh in for an interview in 2006, he attempted to hire a lawyer and refused to produce his son for questioning. At least two lawyers refused to take his case. Detective Hignite received a voicemail from Mr. Duggar stating that Josh had hired an attorney and would not be coming in for an interview. So at this point, Josh has turned 18 years old. Because of the family pushback, the police had to abandon pursuing charges because of our old friend, Mr. Statute of Limitations, had expired. I mean, again, by the time, I feel like Statute of Limitations, by the time it comes up, you're just like, oh, shit, I was raped. Yeah. And I mean, in in this case, it's changed since then, I believe. But the statute in Arkansas at that time was three years. What? So it was already too late. And the family wasn't going to press charges, so... It's just went away. The story just went to the shadows and they continued to make content. Like even though, you know, Oprah tried to reach out to warn people, 
nothing ever happens. They're still on TLC or whatever, the learning channel. Yeah, and it, we don't know how much TLC knew at the time, and that's also a great you know, part of the debate. The greater public is completely unaware of this situation. They take care of their own down there in Arkansas. So if you're, a, I mean, if you're a guy. And of course, when I say dude, I'm only referring to male assigned to people because this community is, of course, completely homophobic and transphobic. So they don't identify anything but, you know, the, the basic Adam and Eve's if you will. Michelle Duggar did a robocall for her area trying to drum up support for an anti-trans bill in 2014, where she had the audacity to say, it's because you can't have these freaks. She didn't use the word freaks, but she she inferred it in a girl's bathroom while knowing full well what her son did. That's fucking crazy. It's always, again, somebody else's problem. I got to go mind everybody else's business, but my own. Yeah. And, And just saying, you know, we can't have trans-friendly bathrooms because of these perverted men. And I guess it's just because that's all she knows is perverted men. So she thinks anybody else would be a pervert. And yeah, just, just men like, are all perverted. Trans people just like want to be themselves, but no, they're the monsters. Not your, not you and your fucking not family. Not your flesh and blood. Of course they think all men are perverted because that's the world they live in. But in reality, men are people that are not all perverted. They're not all bad. No. Uh, they're they're going to be the most bad if they're living in a community that tells them they're infallible. So yeah. you could do what you want as long as you turn back to God or whatever. Whatever. So the story stays hidden and the Duggars get their precious reality show. Now that Jim Holt has reneged on selling his daughter to Josh, Joshy is a swinging single. Now, like I said, I don't believe that Anna and Josh had a romance or that Anna has been in love with Josh for years, as they claim. As we know now, he was betrothed to someone else until 2004, 2005-ish somewhere. And then he was exposed to the police in 2006. So what is the story about Josh and Anna? What is their love story like? Well, the official story is that Josh and Anna met at an ATI conference in 2006, which could have very well happened. I'm certain the Kellers and the Duggars, uh, Kellers or Anna's family, at the very least, knew each other from IBLP community events. If that's true, Josh and Anna began to court in 2006. That would mean that she was in his life when the police investigation started. Ooh, I would I, I would say that's a red flag for a boyfriend. I, yeah, I would too. It doesn't mean she knew. Uh, they keep the women very ignorant in this community. And it is still a topic of debate whether or not she knew even before they started courting. Something that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is if they started dating in 2006 and they got engaged June 23rd, 2008, that would mean that they had one of the longest courtships of anyone I've ever seen in this group. Usually their courtships last months, like mere months before the warning. engagement begins. Yeah, yeah. They want to they get over with. They want to suck and fuck. Yeah. They, yep. They want to lick and stick. Um <laughs> So I'm sorry, I don't buy I don't buy that they were courting this long. And also in one of the later episodes, Josh says we courted for six months before we got engaged, which would not match the timeline. They're saying they were courting. So season one, episode three of 17 Kids and Counting, which aired October 8th, 2008, is called Josh Gets Engaged. So Josh and the Duggar clan live in Arkansas, and Anna and the Kellers, her family, live in Florida. Someone on Reddit called Anna's dad Florida Shrek, which is pretty accurate. Oh, no, because he's ugly. He looks like Shrek, and uh, he sucks. So 
I'm happy to call him Florida Shrek. Yeah, again with these men that suck in this community. Is there one good man in this community? I don't know. I, I mean, I think that- they probably um, are. I'm just being a bitch. No, I mean, it's <laughs> you know, pretty far in between. I think that uh, Janice Twin, what's his name? John David. I think he's a nice man. Okay. He's a good guy. His wife has a job and she's a nurse and everything. Okay. Uh, on this episode, Josh calls Anna's dad and asks permission to marry her on the show. We then get a talking head from her parents, who I'll describe in a minute. At no point do we hear anything from Anna about what she wants or how she feels or even a hello to introduce her. Oddly, in the scene where he's asking Mike's permission to propose to her, Mike says, yes, we give you permission to court her, not propose to her. There are a few things like that that make it seem like Anna had maybe shown interest in courting Josh and instead of even waiting a half year, most of these people wait before they're engaged. Josh conspired with Anna's dad and Jim Bob to immediately propose to her. I don't have proof of this, but it is a feeling I have. Anna's dad, whose name is Mike Keller, became a Christian at 19 years old after attending a seminar, Basic Youth Conflicts. Mike married Anna's mother, Suzette, on July 25th, 1980. I like the name Suzette. I know, it sounds cute. like a coquette, like... You're like a pretty lady, Suzette. Yeah, and so her first name's really Lillian or something, Ooh. which is also a pretty name, but she went by Suzette. I bet she has nice long legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. She's she's probably a perfectly nice lady. Um, anyway, she they only had they had only eight children. With Anna somewhere in the middle, being born June 23rd, 1988. So near the same age as Josh. Anna's father, Mike, was a welder until 1996. He started volunteering at a local juvenile detention center after seeing a need while serving jury duty in 1994. In 1996, he began to pursue full-time ministry work in prisons. He spent months traveling to different churches on deputation. His children often go along to the prisons with him as volunteers. Wow, what a life. He works for Rock of Ages Prison Ministry, Inc. Thank you, Fundamentalist Wiki, by the way. this is, It's a great resource. So... Being minister, a minister in prison. That's a lot. It's a choice you're making. I I have various, I have varied feelings about it. But regardless of that, my own personal feelings, it doesn't pay a lot, as you might suspect. And since mommy can't work, they live in extreme poverty. You see this sort of a double wide trailer thing. The 10 of them living on an episode of the Duggar show after the proposal episode as they're preparing for the wedding. I mean, I don't want to like pour shame here, but like go get the, why can't the mom also work at the Dollar General maybe? I mean, yeah, this is a lot of what we were talking about last episode where it's not about them being poor. It's just they they sacrifice the quality of their kids' lives to, to adhere to these church. For their own narcissism. Right. So it's alleged that growing up, each child in Anna's family was given 15 minutes a week with their parents to expel all of their emotions and grievances about their whole lives. Oh, like uh, like what they do in the Catholic Church where they're like, sorry, my father, I've sinned. Yeah, yeah. basically. And anything, if they're just like upset, if they have, Anna, if she has feeling love for Josh, had to wait to talk to her mother during this time period. She wasn't allowed to talk about it to her siblings. Really? I mean, I like the 15 minutes where you could just like, I'm feeling this way, but does it have to be once a week? Maybe once a day? The way, yeah, the way they describe it, it's a little weird. Um, They're not supposed to share emotions with their siblings for some reason. 
That's like, it's kind of like how the boss is like, you you can't share your paycheck with your coworkers. Like you can't discuss how much you get paid. Yeah, except way less ethical in a way. Like (laughs) they don't, they basically don't want Anna and her siblings to talk about like romance and stuff together. I guess to maybe keep their heads pure. I don't know. Unsurprisingly, several of Anna's siblings have left the fundamentalist movement. Anyway, on this proposal episode, they talk about how the Keller family was going to come to Arkansas the following week for a visit. But Josh didn't want to wait to propose after he got Mike's permission on this phone call. So he jumps on a plane to Florida with Anna's parents helping Josh plan with absolutely no discussion with Anna about his even coming to visit. Oh my God, she's like doing her hair in the trailer. She's got to get ready. She doesn't know he's coming. So they do plan it at a restaurant. So she at least like knew to dress up to a restaurant. It was on her 20th birthday. Wow. That reminds me when I was, when I turned 16, I had a bunch of people come over for a party. My, I was a surprise party, but it was just like, you should, my, and my mom was like, you should get dressed because, um, yeah, just get dressed. <laughs> I had no idea yet. But then you were at least dressed for it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So they got her all decked out for going to this, this restaurant called Gator Landing. Gator Landing? Oh, uh, I bet that got good food. Probably. It looks nice. When Josh pops out at this restaurant, they have sort of a hidden camera style of the on the show. Anna and her parents are sitting at this table and Anna looks like she is in actual shock. It seems pretty clear that she had absolutely no idea that this was hap- going to happen. She didn't even know he was in the same state. Uh, she's she's smiling, but afterwards in the, the talking head interviews, there is this shocked, shell-shocked look in her eyes. Like she's somewhere else. Like she's she's realizing her life's been set up for her and she's just a passenger. Oh my God. And 20 and 20 is kind of old in this community to be getting married. It is. Weirdly, she has an associate's degree in child something, child rearing, child management. I don't uh-huh. know. This is, it blew my mind. I'm not sure what that was and, and why that happened or why she was allowed to, but she's way more educated than Josh who graduated, uh, quote unquote, his GED at 16 and never got any education person. Mm. She's that. more educated than I am. Yeah, I mean, so. I couldn't think of that science thing. <laughs> I know, that right? thing where you question it? Yeah, no, I, I I don't know if I would pass high school right now. But no. I, at one point I did pass high school and that happened. And I, I graduated from college. Can you believe it? In the in this footage, after he proposed, it's everything about this. I recommend finding this show because it's so so uncomfortable. It's actually astounding. In the hidden camera footage, after he proposes, they just sit next to each other and have nothing to say to each other. And they also aren't allowed to hug or anything. They're allowed to touch hands now, but they just sit side by side, kind of just like quietly going, "Wow, oh, it's." So awkward. And also the 20-year-old Anna is wearing in this dinner, she's wearing a completely matching outfit with her mother. Um, In the footage, when the camera is focused on Josh and Anna, she's smiling with these doe eyes at him and she is just leaning as far away as possible from Josh in the footage. She doesn't like him but doesn't know. But also just doesn't even understand what's happening. I'm going to probably post a photo of her leaning away from him. And then for the rest of the episode and all the episodes until their wedding, she's wearing matching outfits with Josh. It's like this girl didn't even get to learn how to choose which gross, ugly skirt she was allowed to wear. Oh, she didn't know her own taste. Mm-mm. And like, I guess you're just taught your whole life, like, 
your body doesn't matter. You don't matter. You're here to serve your dude. You're just sort of being led around. I, I still, it amazes me she got an associate's degree. It, it's it's like she doesn't, she doesn't display any sense of self at any point, but she has more education than almost all of the girls in this family. So wow. good for her. Throughout all this, Josh is grandstanding about purity and these talking heads giving his whole heart to one girl, blah, blah, blah. Just dancing on the precipice, just so, so arrogant after everything that we know he's done at this point. And then the precipice of talking about fucking Anna on all of these talking heads for the entirety of the episodes until the wedding. It's so, so disturbing looking back at it, knowing what we know. It's just like he's, you can tell he's just thinking about sex the whole time, which is fine. But the way that they're trying to present it as this wholesome thing is so weird. And I'm so scared. Like, in retrospect, I'm scared for Anna. She's just like, here I am. And like, has no idea she's in the mouth of the cave. Uh, I, we don't think she knows. We don't know if she knows anything or not, but it seems like she doesn't. Oh you can God. find these episodes and pieces on YouTube and Daily Motion. I cannot overstate how ludicrous they are. It's if you're bored, it's kind of an interesting watch. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. So it's just a few episodes later that they have their wedding episode because none of these kids' engagements last more than half a year. The wedding episode could be dis dissected in a psychology or sociology college course. It, there's so much to unpack here. I can't even process how to condense it for you. If you want to watch it again, that episode's relatively easy to find. It's all hot mess, but the part I want to mention is the very end of the show. This is a CD that Josh and Anna are listening to on the drive from the reception to the Radisson or whatever shitty place they're they're going to uh, consummate and whatever. This is Dr. Ed Wheat. Love involves close bodily contact and the pleasure of seeing, touching, and enjoying with all the senses. If you notice, I just use the term to know each other in the most intimate sense possible. Oh, they went to the Radisson to have sex? Yeah, so on the episode, it shows them driving to this hotel and it's a... They're listening to a CD called On the Marriage Night. And yeah. I don't want to call it lovemaking because I shudder at the thought of that night for Anna. She's been denied even in the basic understanding of her sexuality, what consent is, what sex itself will be. And Josh is already quite versed in porn, as we know. Oh, he's ready to go like anal. And she's just like, I guess I lay here. Yeah, it's worse than that. So he's, uh, and he obviously sees women as objects, as we've discovered already. So the guy that's on that CD... That's the guy who wrote Intended for Pleasure, the book that Duggars are to read before their wedding day. It's also what Jim, Bob, and Michelle read before their wedding. 
This is a local Arkansas Christian doctor. And boy, does he have thoughts. Oh, let's hear him. Firstly, he has 11 biblical principles to ensure a happy marriage that works on anyone, believe it or not, and that non-Christian couples are unable to meet these standards. Oh, come on now. So I'll spare you all of them, but the ones that stick out to me the most are the seventh, seek counsel if the wife is unable to attain good sexual release. So your wife can't come, you go to the doctor? I mean, okay. Yeah. That's surprisingly considerate. Maybe. Maybe this guy's not that bad. He's thinking about the woman. Women should come. I mean, I know a lot of dudes who don't give a fuck about women coming. Exactly. So then the ninth one, husband must be 100% committed to loving his wife. Okay. Oh, that's really nice. And it goes on to say the wife must be 100% committed to being submissive. Okay. Okay. All right. The 10th. If you make her come, if you can make me come and love me, I'd be submissive. The you know tenth, I mean? okay. <laughs> the head is to be the husband is to be the head of his wife. Mm. Mm. The eleventh, and the wife will see that she reverences her husband. Okay, I mean, so, I guess you don't have to worry. You just go sit down at Gatorland or whatever they went and eat, and he orders all the apps, and you just enjoy it. Yeah, hopefully, if it's like that, that's what God wants. So. It's weird. There's this, okay. So in this book, there are there are some moments of him discussing how you should be pleasing your wife sexually, which is the only place I've ever heard or seen anything like this from this community. Uh, that's great. Uh, do you think these husbands uh, give their wife head? Do you think they go down on their wives? I did not find anything that said that that was allowable, and I don't think. Uh, I think that would be considered sodomy, kind of. Uh, because I don't know. Yeah. The fourth chapter in this book is complete anatomy lesson, something akin to what you would typically learn in sixth grade or so, and then some. So I am flabbergasted that these women have absolutely no earthly idea what their body is when they get married. This book includes how to go to a gynecologist, what happens there after you're married. Oh my God, you should be going to, you should know your vagina, your body. I'm sure they're told to never even look at it. Don't you dare look it in the mirror. You just cover it up. So it reads as though a person is trying to explain every detail. Like somebody's trying to explain every detail of a human body for an alien. But that alien only has a half an hour to learn all of it. So it's just like there's these like this chapter is just this is labia. This is pink here. And then then you push this here. And then you what does and this opens up here. Oh, my God. Just real quick. And the alien's like, come on, come on, come on. I got to I got to wrap this up. I got to go. So this is kind of what that chapter is. Here's real quick. Here, here's your body, <laughs> your body, your vessel for here's your the spirit. Ovaries. This thing does this and don't put this here, but that's bad. And this is good. Um, so there is a, also a few. This is a part I very much dislike. There's a few paragraphs about hymen stretching. I can't oh. decide if it's kind of the woman or terrifying. It offers the suggestion of the husband doing the stretching on the wedding night if the woman is too scared to beforehand. What? It also says you can have a doctor do this for you. It reads like a medical procedure, which is how they treat sex. And I think this is coming from a place of, it's like, it's it's the double-edged sword because they're coming from a place that women should be completely ignorant and not know their bodies at all at this point. But it's also saying, this is how you don't hurt your wife as much as though she's just a vessel. So in one way, it's I'm glad that they're saying we don't want to hurt her. But on the other side, they're saying, 
still treat her sort of like she's a pussy, a pocket pussy. Yeah, I mean, women are your property in this. But yeah. th- the other side of that sword is like, say if I had a bag of flour, I wouldn't just go dump a bag of flour in the ocean. That's an important bag of flour. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So you would treat it right. But if that bag of flour stops acting like a bag of flour, then just, it's just property. Just kick it right into the sea. Yeah, it's property. Who cares? Uh, So it, it definitely give, it reads as though we're just still discussing sex as though it's a way to have a baby, but also make sure the man's satisfied. They do talk about women's pleasure in it, but it's in a, in a way that's not natural. Um, it's in a way that a woman, you're explaining to a woman as well, what her body is. So they also eventually, they, they have this whole section about how you can stretch your hymen for six weeks in advance. And there's pictures and then at the, the end hell? of it, it sort of goes, if it's still uncomfortable for her, put some cream in there that numbs it. So, what? Oh, you mean like Vagisil? Or like- no, it's stuff that I don't think you're supposed to put inside of your body. Lube? Not even lube, like numbing cream. Oh. Uh, see, that seems bad to me. Bad. And also like, what do they mean stretching the hymen? Like fingering? You got to go yeah. doctor finger bang your wife? Yes. Or they, if you're too afraid to do it yourself, to have your husband do it, where you're stretching with fingers to pull the hymen apart. It's this like weird archaic idea of what hymen is. Most modern doctors would explain to you that's not how hymen works, but no. These people are being still told to do this. I mean, they don't even wear tampons in this community. They don't because like there's also a part in this book that tells mothers, mothers, if you do want your daughter does need to ha- have a tampon in for her period, it we assure you it won't give her any sexual pleasure. So they wanted to assure women that their daughters could wear tampons oh, and they wouldn't God. be a whore. Yeah, thank God my my daughter will never come. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's so weird. I remember my cousin asking me, he was like, when you put a tampon in, you get a thrill when you put it in. Ew. Ew. Is that weird? <laughs> my cousin asked me that. Yes. <laughs> yes, We were it close. Is. We were close family. It's fine. As long as you guys were on the right, you know, you had the kind of friendship. That's what I say. Anyway, there are parts in there that are at least considerate of women. Question mark. Okay. This is all terrible in my opinion, but it was going to be terrible without this book. So at least this book is saying, hey, consider the lady. She is actually also a person. It also gives pleasure advice, such as after the preliminary period of stroking the entire body, the husband may enjoy fondling his wife's breasts, and she may enjoy his caresses and kisses on the nipple area. Well, that's nice. Usually men just want to have sex. I stopped having sex with dudes because they just want to like have sex and then leave. I like to be held. I don't think those guys deserve to have sex with you. I know. I haven't had sex in a while. Is Maybe that are you going to need to have your hymen stretched? I don't know. I masturbated five times yesterday. I just don't like it when men just, they, they, they just, don't, they, I think I saw a video of some guy calling women holes and I was like, all right, never fucking again. What are again. these videos you watching? Amber, I don't you got to stop looking at these videos. I just, the worst possible thing on the internet. And I was like, all right, never having sex again, I guess. No, nope. you got to get away from this, these videos. I know. Some, some people like to have that kind of sex, but if you don't like that kind of sex, you should not have that kind of sex. And I'm saying this in general to everyone, including myself. Yeah. If you want to have sex that's not sort of transactional, that your partner should also want the same thing as you. Be, that's all you got to do. You got to yeah. have a partner who wants the same thing. 
So he also says that after having a couple kids, the lady will loosen up down there and thus may be able to enjoy more sexual positions. That's a nice note he had in there. Okay. Uh, so don't worry. These women are having better sex lives than I am. Maybe Amber, I'm wrong. I don't I'm, think that's true. I've been wrong this whole show. Don't, oh, no. I'm going to join the IBLP oh, church. God. <laughs> Give me that doily. Put it around my neck. I'm ready to have come. I don't think that they are coming, Amber. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I hope that they are, but I don't think that they are. So there's a lot of information in one gulp in this book. It's pretty. Some of it's pretty bad advice, but also... This is the most concerned with women's pleasure and consent of anything you'll ever see in the IBLP. It almost instructs the men how to care about your wife. So I'll give it that. However, and we're going to wrap up here and we're going to go into his adulthood after this. I swear this is the last one next. So if I don't finish this in the next episode, I'm going to give everybody listening one (laughs) dollar. So however, there is something that's been circulating through the Internet for a while. It's supposed to be the Duggar spin on this book, but made more specific. It's supposed to be handled out to the immediate circle of the Duggars on the wedding night or for the wedding night. This is, I, I'm going to say this is not confirmed, but is allegedly sourced from the inside by a fundamentalist blogger called Without a Crystal Ball. Ooh. I don't know her personally, but I do know that she does have direct contact with multiple people in this community, including Duggar relatives. So this is how they get ready for sucky fuck time. I'm not even going to list all of these, but basically what it is, it's a list that is in direct correlation with Dr. Ed Wheat's advice that we just had, but it goes deeper. So uh, some of the some of the things on this list are... Pack an enema for constipation. Ah, I mean, okay. Uh, pack breath spray. I agree with that. Sure. Pack baby wipes to clean after bowel movement. Okay, that's great. Pack a stool softener just in case you have a hard time going after flying. I have. I mean, these are very. This is a lot of advice, but fine. Okay. You just in case you get diarrhea. Um, if you go to the beach, pack a jacket. Yes. Go. Don't forget to pack a jacket and one or two beach towels. When they, they go to the beach, by the way, they're still in full outfits. That's um, a lot of sand. But, you know, pack snacks, that kind of thing. Okay, okay, I dig. Communicate to each other what feels good or hurts as it's happening. PM before and after and always after intercourse. Okay. T- talking about UTI, honeymoon UTI. Bring pads or panty liners, even if not on period for wetness. I don't know what that means. I guess they're just like, you know, you get turned on, you get wet, and then I guess you have the panty liner suck it up? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I bet that's like some, you can buy those in a vending machine in Japan. Just like, <laughs> just like women's fucking cum pads. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, they could make some cash. So... Bring approximately three outfits for one week, one to wear to the destination, another for traveling back, and one while at the destination. They're basically alluding to you shouldn't need a reason to, you shouldn't leave. So Yeah, you're just having sex all the time. Yeah, pack a lot of PJs. Okay. For being in the room. All right. Um, Favorite perfume, okay. Lotion, got it. Baby oil, wow. So... Nagel Jace can go shopping together, mom and daughter, beforehand for some new bras, panties, 
swimsuit for a hot tub and such. Okay. I mean, this is all sounding kind of, I dig it. Yeah. Ibuprofen. Monistat or any other type of over-the-counter medication for yeast infection, I guess it's good. Yeah. Okay. Iocane liquid for stimulating hymen acquire prescription for physician ahead of time. Lidocaine ointment if hymen is extra thick. What? Personally, you recommend only a husband to help in this process unless the right of has a medical condition. That's the weird one. That's the one. Pack the hymen thing? Weird. So, okay. Let me go here. Um... Mother of the bride explained to the couple each of the items included and that they may or may not need use them all, but it is needful for them to know without each one. Father of the bride talked with the couple about the importance of the husband cherishing his wife and meeting her needs first intimately and each time offering first for her to have pleasure. Wow, so the woman comes first. I guess so. Look at this. What am I doing on this podcast? I'm going to go. Do you want your dad to have this conversation with you? (laughs) My dad's dead, so we got to dig up that grave first. (laughs) Uh, And when my daughter comes. So basically, your dad will then talk to you and the uh, other spouse about her pleasure. All right. I want you to make my daughter come. Uh, let your husband help you out of your <laughs> wedding dress for his first look. Okay. Bring one regular pillow just for propping up the wife's hips during intercourse. Prop hips with pillow and let legs hang down. Huh. Have husband stretch the hymen with inserting one finger at a time on your first night. And just... I mean, I guess you tight, you know. It goes into graphic detail about how you should stretch the hymen. And you should finger your wife. There's also some notes in here talking about how you should have a lot of coconut oil and jojoba and stuff that will get on the sheets. Uh, It's very graphic, basically. So it's stuff that they're giving to these kids who have been told nothing about themselves their whole life you're Uh, just a vessel for god and then it's like oh yeah your husband's gonna finger you with some coconut oil yeah um this is very scary to me there's also stuff in there about talking about having multiple sex having sex over and over and over again um on the honeymoon that's why i gotta pack that monostat but so this is a these are for girls who have never have no correlation to the body being physically I'm not going to say assaulted. They're consenting allegedly most of the time. But I mean, that is a traumatic physical experience. Just all of a sudden, just whoa. To be in pain and to have these people encourage them to um, like know that it's going to hurt. Just accept that if you need to numb yourself down there, it's really gross. It makes my skin crawl. And I... There's so much horrible traumatizing shit on this list that I didn't even talk about that, uh, that it's in the book. I, I I wish this list was not real because I want it to be fake, to be honestly. I, I don't want this to be a real thing that they are, they're telling the girls they have to go through. But this is Anna's life now. So I, I really, the nightmare of what her honeymoon was is something I don't think any girl or person should ever have to go through because... There's no way, I cannot believe that there was a way that he treated her right that night. No, Josh Duggar's not finding the clit. Not even that. It's like, I don't think he was, I don't think he cared about, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't, I don't think he cared about her pain. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah, he's used to like after years and years of pornography. Pornography is not bad, but I'm sure this guy's search is just like well, it's uh, clearly mean. as we learn has spiraled into other things. Yes. So he's got mental issues already at this point. He's in complete denial. His parents are in complete denial. But he's a big baby man. They treat him like a little king. They think he's going to be the next president that's going to save America. He is told women have no uh, rights, basically. And now he's got this poor young woman who is, she's 20 years old, never seen anything about what her body is. Now she's going through this thing with this horrible man who now, well, you know, we're going to, we're now going to get into the adult life of, of Josh and Anna Duggar. And so we're going to end here. I just want to say, I, I appreciate everybody going down this path with me. It's really uh, uncomfortable for me, but I think that it's important that we look at this for what it is and understand like what's happening in this community is and how little human rights these these young women and, and girls yeah. have. It's never just the crime. It's like, well, how were you raised? How did this become? What's this church like? And and also for those people like myself who was watching the show back then going, well, these girls seem really happy. I don't understand it, but they, they seem like they're having a great time. Um, I don't I don't think that they are having a great time a lot of the time and so we'll go into the the Duggar the uh, Josh and Anna Duggar household next week and then I don't want to talk about them anymore. Yeah, we're going on to something else horrible. Oh boy. Yep, different horrible. Not <laughs> Josh Duggar. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining. I'll post some some of the the complimentary materials on socials. You can follow us at someplace underneath. And follow me at the United Gene, Amber. Amber Smelson, all across the board. And I also host The Brighter Side, um, which is another show on this network. Great. Let's go uh, both take a bath and whiskey. And yep. uh, I am Natalie, as always, saucy and pert. <laughs> Stay greasy. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Oh, that's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some from my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.